This podcast is a resource of givinglight.org. I'd like to talk to you today about something that came to my mind. It's about phrases that we use. People will use phrases repeatedly that is sometimes useful and at other times is useless. A lot of times we go to these phrases uh, and use them when we don't know what to say. Sometimes as Christians, we even use a scripture repeatedly, but have little faith to back it up. For instance, when something tragic happens, we'll say, well, all things work together for good. Well, that's true, but is there really faith behind that? Or is it just something we say to fill in the gap? Another phrase that uh, we used to say back back in the 70s as well, praise the Lord anyway. When bad things happen, you just praise the Lord anyway. Again, if, if you're doing that in faith, it's great, but if you're just filling the air with uh, just to try to cover your disappointment, that's not a good thing to do. My grandmother used to say this. She says, the Lord works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. You know, but when God says something, it is never useless, it is never vain or void of power. When God repeats himself, we need to listen. It says in Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. We need to take these words and strengthen our faith with them. You know, you can tell if when you're in faith or not. If you're if you're in faith, there is a a feeling of uh, of robust. There's a feeling of confidence. But a lot of times when we say these go-to phrases, it's just to cover uh, cover our weakness. But God takes special interest in his words being fulfilled. In Jeremiah 1, 12, it says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, I am watching over my word to perform it. God takes special interest in the words that he says because it reflects on his character. If his word is no good, he can't be trusted. That's that's the very first uh, tactic that Satan used in the Garden of Eden. He got uh, Adam and Eve to question God's word. God said that if you eat of the tree you uh, of the of the knowledge of good and evil, then you shall surely die. But Satan said, you shall not surely die, for God knows that when you eat it, you will be like him. The problem with that was is that they were already like God. But it also says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Let's say that together. It is impossible for God to lie. Now let's say it this way. It is impossible for God to lie to me. Do you believe that? You know, some that's something that we need to rehearse, especially when we feel the doubt, when we feel the fear, and not only when we feel doubt and fear, but when we're getting ready to step out to do something 
that's really beyond our control, that could be beyond uh, what we think we can do. If God has said that we can do something, then he cannot lie to you because the Bible says it's impossible for him to lie. You know, for effect, uh, we see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. See, God has a part and we have a part. Our part is to believe. And what are we to believe? Well, we're to believe that he is. We are to believe that he is who he says he is, and also that he is a rewarder. He's not the, he's not the uh, heavenly disciplinarian waiting for you to make a mistake, waiting for you to trip up. He is waiting to cause you to uh, to advance, to uh, to go forward. He wants to prosper you. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, as men, as you and I have go-to phrases, God also has go-to phrases. But this phrase isn't just to give us an inner peace. It is a promise that all you need is readily available because God is with you to perform his will in your life. God wants to make his life uh, manifested in your life. And when he makes his life manifested in your life, he makes Satan's life hell on earth by expressing himself through you. You know, God is not at war with Satan. Satan is at war with God, but God's already defeated him. And the way that he torments him is by living through you. And he doesn't live through weakness. He doesn't uh, live through powerlessness. God wants his power to flow through you. We want to take a look at Moses in the Old Testament. He was a little slow at receiving the assurance that God's presence would be manifested in his life. It says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 11, So God said to him, Who has made a man's mouth? And the reason he said that is was because God had already told him, I want to send you into Egypt to free my people. But Moses was a little reluctant. He didn't want to go. He was fearful. And, it, and he had some good reasons. He had killed somebody. And uh, he knew that there could be a warrant on his head. But God said that I will be with you. And, but he also says, he says, who's made man's mouth or who makes the mute or the deaf, the seen or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what to say. See, Moses wasn't really sure and so he said to God, Oh, Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. You know what? When God tells you to do something and you want to back out and say, Lord, send somebody else, that's not good. Because what it is, it's doubt. It's doubting what? It's not just doubting your ability. It's doubting God's ability. We see also in the next verse, it says, So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. 
And look, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Then he goes on to say, now you will speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. There's a couple of things I want to point out here is that God already uh, had the uh, had the answers coming forth. He had already uh, alerted Aaron, Moses' brother, to come out to meet Moses before Moses even knew about it. But God said, when I'm with you, I'm going to anoint your mouth. When I'm with you, I'm going to teach you what to do. And when I'm with you, I'm going to empower you to fulfill my word. In other words, we're letting God live through us. We see with Joshua in the first chapter of Joshua, the Bible says, Moses, my servant is dead. So Moses is the next man up. We take a look at Moses. He already had a close relationship with God. He was spending time with God, which prepared him for the mission. Let me ask you a question. Are you spending time with God? Joshua was also a man that was close to Moses, and he served him. You know, when you serve others that God places in your life, that also prepares you for the task that God has for you. Also, Joshua was a man already successful. He was a man of war. He was a general. He had gone out and defeated the Amalekites who had attacked Israel. So even with all that success, God had to deal with Joshua's fear uh, when, when he was needed to step up to take Moses' place. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, it says, There shall not be any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Let's just look at the scripture for a moment. What was God's go-to phrase? I will be with you. Verse 6 says, and this is his part, he says, be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, and I, uh, as I swore to their fathers, to give them. So God said, I will be with you, but our part is to be strong and courageous. Verse 7 says, only be strong and very courageous. He says, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which which Moses, my servant, commanded you, turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This, this next verse is a favorite of mine. He says, this book of the law, or the word of God, shall not depart from out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to that which is written therein. Then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We need to hold on to the go-to phrase of God, I will be with you, but we also need to feed ourselves on the word. But he says here at, at the end of this verse, he said, you will have good success. And again, our part is this, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid 
he said, uh, neither be dismayed. And that means don't be discouraged. For the, uh, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. So when we get discouraged, our, the thing that we need to think of is that God is with us, and his presence with us is his ability to uh, flow through your life to cause his life to manifest through you. So notice that God's presence was not just to comfort his servant, but was to empower him to fulfill the mission that God had given him, and it's the same way with you. So what does that got to do with you and me? Well, I'm glad you asked. God's got work for you and I to do. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And here's the kicker. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Before the foundation of the world, God ordained for you to fulfill works that he planned for you. This work is for the saved, not just for the fivefold ministry. We have the same promises from the Lord that his presence would be with us. And we have a better covenant based upon better promises. God is for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? God is also with us. He said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And God is in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. With these promises, we can't fail. Let's repeat that phrase. It is impossible for God to lie to me. Whatever we're facing, whether it is fear, whether it is problems, or if it's stepping out into new ventures, it's impossible for God to lie to me. God bless you as you go forth in victory, for Christ is the victor and he lives in you. Thank you for listening and adding this podcast to your devotional time. We are so humbled by all of you who are faithful to participate week to week. I hope you are as blessed as we are. If you would like more devotional tools for this episode, or if you would like to use this devotional podcast in a group setting, make sure you check out the free resource page for this episode. You can find the link in the show notes. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay hungry and keep seeking.